Hello and welcome back to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball uh, with me, Joe, and Sam. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm good. Hi. Good. Um, so what have you made of the Giants' start to the season? Um, surprising, I guess. Although yeah. um, it's been quite an easy schedule, which has helped. Um, so there was like this good a start like if you were being ultra optimistic you could have got close to this but i don't think really anyone would have had them best record in baseball at this point no i mean though well there was the nl west is meant to be the exciting division but not for this reason and it's like it it was looked like it was just gonna be a two-team race and like a very exciting one and also whilst the giants were like the top of the division a few weeks ago you had everyone talking about the Dodgers Padres series um, and well the Giants are like two games ahead of both of them now um, and yeah I mean I think are they are they either tied or ahead in the season series against the Padres I think they might be tied no they, they might they must be ahead I think they've won two but, series against them they? yeah so I mean Although they've had an easy schedule, the fact that they are, well, they're beating the Padres, who were meant to be some sort of juggernaut, is like, I don't know, I feel like you, I mean, it's it's getting to the point where they actually are, like, looking, well, they might actually be contenders. Also, the, the easy schedule stuff's kind of weird, because, like, the Dodgers have been pretty terrible since they started 13-2, and two. and I mean, in that run, they've played the Reds, the Cubs... And the Angels. Yeah. I mean, they, they got swept by the Cubs. Yeah, like and you don't so expect that to be. They're a, not good teams, really. A um, difficult series, yeah. Um, that's kind of just the nature of baseball as well. It's the funny thing with like easy or hard schedule is it's all very, very relative, isn't it? Like the Kansas City Royals have now lost. I think they've lost ten in a row, and yeah, they had that's... like one of the best records in the league just before that. So, well, if you played them in the first month then that was not an easy team to face. But if you've played them recently, then they've been horrendous. Um, so form is obviously like relevant in any sport, but it feels like in baseball, that kind of fluctuation is particularly relevant. And even like pitching matchups, isn't it? Because yeah. there's quite a lot of teams where if you get the front two in their rotation, that's a horrible series. Yeah. And there's other, and those same teams, if you get the back end of their rotation, you'll be thinking you should sweep them. Yeah, I think that's the thing actually that, the impressive thing actually with the Giants Padres games as well is that it's feel well it seemed a bit like the Padres have only won the games where they've had Darvish or Snell pitching. It's like they the yeah. couple of the games they won, they had Darvish or Snell who just went really deep and gave up like one run. So it's like, yeah, that you're probably gonna win in that situation. But it's like the Giants have won all the others. Yeah. It's, it's like they they've not no one, at least at the start of the season you wouldn't look at anyone in the Giants rotation and put them on the same level as Darvish and Snell. So it's sort of like if if they're facing one of them, you sort of, the Padres are like heavy favourites. But yeah, I mean, the fact that they've then, they've basically won all the others. Um, I mean, I don't know, they, they must be quite good, I guess. Well, basically the story with the Giants is um, is the front of the rotation. Well, it's not just the yeah. front of the rotation. It's, it's been all of it for the most part, but particularly uh, Di Scalfani, Gaussman, and Wood 
who actually didn't only start yeah. the season late have well, just been incredible. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned those three though, because the other two, uh, uh, Webb and Sanchez. I mean, this is what they've had for most of the season. They're getting Cueto back now, so I'm not sure who's I don't know who's dropping out of the rotation. Uh, Aaron Sanchez Sanche- went to the disabled list. Oh right, injured list. Sorry, um, he went there a few days ago, so Cueto's back in. Yeah, but um, Aaron Sanchez and uh, Logan Webb, in terms of like contact numbers, they're like right up there. I think, I think. Well, Aaron Sanchez not that long. I don't know. I mean, it was a while ago when I saw the stat had the best ground ball rate in the league, and Logan Webb wasn't far behind, and just not giving up hard contact. So it's like even it, even though they're not striking loads of people out, it's like. And that's sort of what they're meant to do. Both of them are sinker pitchers. Yeah. With downward, um, downward, and up, downward breaking off speed as well. It's like, and it's basically that. That is sort of what they're meant to do. As this type of pitchers, they're all the type of pitcher Ara Sanchez is now, anyway. Um, and it's, yeah, so. Yeah, they're just, their rotation is far exceeded any sort of expectation. Um, Which is partly interesting because these are like one-year deal flyers for the most part and like end of career equator and stuff um and it might be that you look at that and say well that means it's not going to last or that could be a kind of this is why people don't do the big contracts um in general and particularly for pitchers um that go really like to the back end of their career and when they're losing it and stuff is actually quite often if you look at the right things and maybe with some good coaching to help out is that pitchers that are kind of middle of the pack can have seasons that are a lot better than that. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, and you can kind of cobble a rotation together from that. I mean, Galsman though is actually looking like better than that as well, isn't he? Oh he's... yeah. He's a lot better than that, but he's also on, he's on the qualifying offer, isn't he? He's not a cheap, a cheaper pitcher yeah. picked up. So he, he's on whatever it is, he's... $18 million this season. Yeah, I mean, he's actually like striking a lot of people out, and yeah, like, I mean, he's at the moment he's probably like maybe enough for Cy Young contention. I mean, it's probably a little bit of a stretch with Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom just going to win it. Jacob Again. Degrom's on the injured list, which you might come on to later, but yeah. he's got that. So I mean, yes, um, yeah, I mean, Kevin Galsman's got a 0.876 WHIP. Yeah. And a 1.97 RA. That is, yeah. And he's I striking mean, he out over up, a batter an inning. Yeah. As well. Um, he, he's pitching incredibly. Um, and I think, I mean, I was going to link it to Albert Pujols, basically part of the Giants and the Athletics. Uh, we'll come on to Pujols later, I suspect. But basically where they have built these teams around a lot of one-year deals and sort of random yeah. cheap players they picked up and upside and matchups and all sorts of stuff they've used to build a roster. Um, and then, yeah, we've had this guy that's like one of the, what, like 25 greatest players of all time who's just, just been released, um, who's also in the same division as the Athletics. There's an interesting kind of contrast, and it's sort of a sign of where baseball's going, where there's fewer and fewer of these massive deals, and people who used to get $80 million deals are now getting like, one year 30 million dollar deals and that sort of thing um and the giants the giants still have a big payroll because they're old guys but like they are becoming an example of that kind of like a a high spending 
athletic sort of approach. Yeah, well, which is basically like, what the Dodgers were doing um, for a lot of this like streak of division titles. That's what they were doing, really. Yeah, but you you then have your guys that you keep, like they kept paying Kershaw. On that note, I wonder if the Giants will pay Gausman if this gets... Yeah, if he has I mean... Because he will demand a ridiculous amount of money if he pitches anything like this for the year. Yeah, I, I, at some point they've got to keep someone, haven't they? There's also the question of Buster Posey now. Is that before this year, it's sort of looking like, yeah, they, they probably won't take the team option. Maybe they bring him back on less money and stuff. Um, but the way he's been hitting now is like literally better than he ever has in his career, which is quite ridiculous. And it's, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, well, he's also not had any old career. It's not like, it's yeah. like a veteran catcher's got good. Like he's hitting considerably better than he did when he was an MVP. Um, yeah, I I don't know if they'd take that option. I mean, if it was right now, they'd say we need to see yeah. more games. Obviously, the, the thing is, as well, I guess this might be part of the. I mean, they're probably just being more cautious, which probably makes sense. I mean, when he's start starting to be that valuable of a hitter again, it's like you don't want to, you really don't want to wear him out. But he's not. I don't think he's actually playing that many games. He's played twenty three so far. Yeah, I'll, that's like, there's like two thirds. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. So yeah, I. So um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I would have thought maybe they'd put him at first a bit more as well if this. Kind yeah, of I, because it's like. I wonder if we'll see that. Is that when he gets rested occasionally, we'll see him. Oh, that's what they used to do, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's just they've got so many options at first as well now. Yeah. Um, which is part of how they've they've overhauled their roster, and basically, yeah. Yeah, well, they've I, gone from having no flexibility to lots and lots of flexibility. Yeah, I mean, and also saying they should play Buster Posey more is, I mean, like also at the same time, Casali. I mean, at least defensively and like in terms of you know, like calling the game and stuff, has actually was actually been like really, really good. Like he almost broke that record, didn't he? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago of um, what was it? Was it was it shutouts? Shutouts caught. I think he got to five. Yeah, and the five time the record would have been six. Shutouts. Yeah. Um. Oh no. Just a uh, just low battery on my on my laptop. That's about plug that in. Um, oh, excellent. And then we can go back to baseball. There we go. Um, but yeah, um, I, I I think the amazing thing as well is that even with how good they've been. Their bullpen is just like repeatedly just collapsed at the end of games. Yeah, and really, like, really they, bad. They could actually be have like a seven hundred winning percentage at the moment, even if their bullpen had just like at the end of games had performed like averagely. Like there's a marble times where they've blown like four run leads, like in the last yeah. inning and stuff. And um, and then you look at the the Padres bullpen. And that is not the case, um, and that that might ultimately be what gets the Giants pulled back in a bit. Is that yeah. their schedule obviously is going to get harder, um, and that that might prove to be the difference. Yeah. It's two or three of those games that they blew that they shouldn't have done, because um, you do blow some. Even the best bullpens occasionally blow a game, but it's that they 
Um, they just don't seem to have many options to kind of fix it. You know, most teams, no. if they've got a five-run lead and a reliever gives up three, is other than they'll go to their proper bullpen and just save the game from there. But they don't seem to be able to do that. Is like once it starts going wrong, they just bring in like more guys. Well, yeah. They don't have that much faith. When it's in. been like the actual closer as well a couple of times, it's messed it up. Yeah. Like then then he's not the guy. Then he's not then that guy that you just come in in any situation and do it because he's the one that's caused it some like multiple times. So um, yeah, I don't. Know. That's that's the thing that is. Like they've had this situation, I feel like, like the last couple of years as well, maybe, maybe not the last couple, maybe was it last year, maybe, where uh, they're basically going into the season thinking, okay, we'll, we're rebuilding, and then they get to the point, you know, at some point in the season, it's like actually maybe we should just add something to our roster because we could actually contend. Instead, it's like obviously all these one-year deals are pr- basically with a view of. I will see if we can get these guys to improve a bit and then trade them like they'd done in the past with like Drew Pomeranz um, and uh, well when they actually had a, that decent bullpen didn't they for a while they had like, they did actually have a good back end of the bullpen and um, just like managed to trade it all away and then their record like just dropped but it's basically with the rotation it's a bit like that this year as well they've they're in a, like they're obviously going to season thinking we'll see if we can you know build up the farm a bit more but when they're being this good it's like maybe they want to go the other way if they could just have a bullpen they would actually be a legitimately like really really good team yes they would um and i think there's gonna be skepticism about them until we get to like september just because these teams that people don't expect to be good, who are then good, um, yeah, th- there's, it's understandable there's skepticism about them. Their roster is still nowhere near as strong on paper as the two other teams in their division. Yeah, because oh, that's the other thing is it's a lot of um, it's not even because if you're thinking about it in terms of like a rebuild as well, it's not even helpful in that way. No, the year, old guys are doing it. It's just, it's the old guys that start being good again. Um, but then also, if the old guys are going to be good again, I mean, maybe not rebuilding. Maybe we don't need to feel full rebuild. Maybe we, maybe the team can just be good. Well, at least semi-competitive. Yeah. And I mean, you look at some of the other teams in the league already, who are nearing or already at like this season is finished. Um, the Rockies, for instance, who are actually winning. They've got a winning record at home. They've just been that bad on the yeah. road. They're like two and fourteen on the road or something disgusting. Um, and like obviously the Tigers, even the Twins actually. The Twins are nine back in the division already. Jesus, really? And it's like, well, that's that's. And that's even with Byron Buxton having a huge breakout, isn't it? I think he's gone. I think he got injured recently. But yeah, they were being bad when he was basically playing like Mike Trout for a while. Um, and yeah, you look at some of these other teams. And it's pretty depressing, to be honest. With a team like the Twins as well, it's like, well, they were meant to be competing for the division. And nine games back is like a problem already. Because the same thing with all the Giants stuff, and it's very exciting with the Giants being good. But there's always the like, yeah, they've played yeah, they've played 36 games so far. And then you yeah, think, well, I mean, there's like 130 I mean, as, games. As you see with the Royals, like you said, the Royals losing 10 in a row. It's like, 
yeah, if if you're not a legitimate a, a team like the Downtown Giants, at some point they will just go on a streak where they lose like eight, nine, ten games in a row, and then it's like, yeah, okay. But that's, that's even if it's now. not that as brutal as that it's you lose six or seven series and then it's suddenly like over that span you've gone like five and ten or something and it's just like you've lost loads and loads of ground but yeah nine game deficit even at this point is like that's a lot of games to make up on the white Sox. who are not going to suddenly lose a million games i don't think um yeah it's it's exciting to follow the giants when they're being like moderately competitive even if there's understandable skepticism about it i think like Buster Posey being good when he's played in 23 games is awesome um, and there's reason to believe he's going to be way better than he's been for the last few years but also like yeah, yeah. Th- this isn't like they've had prospects come up and start shining um, where you think yeah this was a top prospect who's now good these are just old yeah. guys who maybe are going to look old again later in the season perhaps yeah maybe although I think the thing is, is what is. I mean, there there are like a couple of things with the Padres and Dodgers where it's like, yeah, you expect them to be start being better, but it's not like they've been bad either, is it? At all, really. I mean, the Dodgers, I mean, the Dodgers, Dodgers are twenty Cubs, and seventeen. Well. Yeah, that, twenty that's, and seventeen. That's that bad for them. But if you look at their, you look at their team, it's like there's not anyone massively underperforming i mean their rotation has been amazing and um i guess maybe like i guess you expect like mookie bats will numbers will go up i mean he's only like 800 something aps at the moment i mean you expect him to be like an mvp contender i suppose but they don't have anyone that's like just not hitting at all apart i think like gavin lux isn't but like he's also a prospect that's just come up so it's like maybe he's just not gonna hit you know there's but it doesn't feel like there's any there's anything that you really expect like any player you expect to really make a massive jump no no I think that's true it's not like one of those lineups where you look at it and it's like three or four guys just haven't hit the ball yet like when there was I think it must have improved a bit now but like the first couple of the weeks of the season season, which obviously way too early to really think anything to be honest Um, and the Braves people were getting all giddy about what's happened to the Braves offense and it's like well literally like four of their starting players just <laughs> just haven't hit at all i think some of them yeah. have like one hit in i think it's still quite year. bad to be honest because i mean that uh, record isn't good yeah like as soon as but then i don't i haven't got the numbers since then to hand no. but it's always like when they started that badly so their season numbers is freeman's almost at 800 ops um swanson's at 646 as soon as at 607 like since that bad a start they've they must have been hitting okay-ish. Um, and they've got Pablo Sandoval literally breaking all of the records as a pinch hitter. Yeah. Yeah, I think on the other hand of the Padres, um, there are sort of like, there are um, like those factors that are probably going to change. Like, well, I mean, Tatis has been in and out, hasn't he? I think he's on the IL again. He is. So is, um, well, I, I mean, I guess that, that's the thing of maybe he's... That's COVID. Though. Is that COVID this time? Yeah, COVID for Hosmer, Myers and Tatis. I don't know if they've... Yeah. I don't think they've all got it. I think maybe Tatis does. I can't remember. Um, but then at some point, 
in the season. That's maybe that's going to happen to multiple teams. Some point you just got to, like it's whether you've played the games or not, isn't it? Yeah. So, and COVID, obviously, we treat differently to injuries and we talk about it differently. But then it gets to a stage that like he's at 96 at bats for the year now, which is 45 fewer than Jake Cronenworth, for instance. Um, and he's clearly going to miss a few games here. Um, and then it's like, well, you're, we're obviously nowhere near. You don't have time to catch up. But that is a thing at some point, even when you've got 162 games to play. Like with the Twins and White Sox, is like, well, they need to start moving closer to them relatively soon. Because if yeah. you're nine games back at the All-Star break, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's, it's and, like, it has to be an amazing turnaround then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Mikado though hasn't hasn't hit that well. I mean, it, but also he has had years like that before, where I think he's hitting for a bit of power, but he's just not I, annoying. Three eight seven slugging, two two six. I, I mean, he basically hmm, Mikado's numbers have always been interesting, haven't they? He was nine fifty in the shortened season last year, OPS seven nine six in his first year with San Diego. Yeah. 905 in the year he got traded to the Dodgers, um, and then 782 the year before that. Like, okay, he's, he's almost certainly going to be better than 714 by the end of the year, but throughout his career, that he's definitely going to get to 800. Um, that's not guaranteed by any means. No, he he has had years, and he's got a he has got a record of sometimes he just doesn't walk. Well, he he has a reputation that, that frankly is slightly greater than his production throughout his career today yeah he's basically shown he has the potential to have a really good season but then also sometimes he's not going to have a good season which is quite difficult I think to try and build a like a a dynasty or whatever they're trying to do around that yeah yeah because also it's not like some of these other guys where they're I mean, the other point with that is he's got, like, gold glove defense alongside that, which always pushes his value up to a certain yeah. level. Um, and that's kind of what gives him the higher floor, actually, and the raw power. But then there's, like, really elite defense and hitting 35 homers with not many walks and a low average is not worth, like, the contract they gave him, for instance. And like you said, is different to... There's some other stars on there where, like, yeah, they do fluctuate, but their floor level is just a bit higher than his floor seems to be. Yeah. That he has these years where it's just, like, he's not an all-star, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, 35 homers as well. Like, without on getting on base is not that impressive these days, is it? No. No, you can get people you don't have to pay for 13 years or whatever it is. Is he thirteen? Harper was thirteen, or were they both thirteen? Anyway, you don't you don't have to pay someone into when they're like collecting their pension for that. They've got him until twenty twenty eight. Um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a while. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, he is he is going to be good between now and then. It's just it's the consistency. He's not. Yeah, yeah, he's not a bad consistent by any means. But you need him. The other side of that is, as we've just seen with Pujols, is, um, and he's he signed this contract earlier. There's many reasons that will be a better contract than the one the Angels gave Albert Pujols. But 
he has to be good at the start of the contract because like the deal there although his expires at 35 rather than like 41 or 42 also you're not expecting him to be like a gold glove defender and an MVP candidate when he's 34 or 35 so this part when he's supposedly the peak years you really need some big years out of him like they kind of got last year but then it was over 60 games so it's a, it's a weird one yeah I mean so yeah I, I'm not like certain that they're definitely going to improve a lot that's the thing I guess is what I'm saying so it's like the Giants are probably not going to be quite this good all year um, but then again if they saw the ball pan out then that like makes up for some of the stuff dropping off and well, their offence be hasn't been ridiculous that would be either. the interesting thing with a lot of these teams at this stage is is who actually makes moves that can help them and it is often like everyone likes the idea of trading for an ace and stuff but that doesn't really happen very often and then they have like a bad few starts and it suddenly doesn't look very clever um the really big thing is like, yeah, do you add a couple of relievers that just turn things around for the bullpen? Yeah, Everyone moves down a few spots. Seen it, seen it before as well. We're literally just adding a couple of guys like to the back end. This makes it so much better as well. Yeah, he's like all the other guys that were then struggling in the really high leverage situations, and then slightly lower leverage situations, and stop just like you know coming in and giving up two walks in a row stuff like that they you know they start actually pitching better well and as we saw with the giants early in the year is because they had so few guys they properly trusted which has since been proven right you ended up with guys like pitching regularly two days in a row and even i think they might have even gone to like three days in a row a couple of times when they're trying to save games um and that's yeah. another thing that if you just have like four guys you trust rather than two it makes it just so much easier to get the outs at the end of games to win them. Um, and that, it seems really early to be talking about that, but this is stuff that, like, we have seen teams make early trades before. And yeah. there are teams already that will be thinking of selling. Like, and also, and also, it's like, yeah, the earlier you do it, the more value you get out of it, really. Yeah, of course. Um, and yeah, there are teams... Well, the Twins aren't going to be selling yet because they were planning to be good. But, like, yeah, the relief arms are all over the place. And we I wonder if we will start to see some move relatively soon. Um, hopefully to San Francisco, from my perspective. But anywhere, it'd be interesting to see which front offices kind of take this opportunity. Because stuff feels quite open, don't you think, across baseball at the moment? The Giants have, have yeah. opened up the NL I, West. I mean, I, well, like that elsewhere. the Red Sox... In the AL East, I think, is the other similar story. Yeah, because they were they were expected to be like maybe fourth in that division. Yeah, I said, or yeah, probably better than the Orioles, but otherwise, I could see any of the other teams being better than them before the season started. But their offense has just been amazing, and that's. There's also a bit of a thing of like maybe like that could just carry on because there are a lot of well, guys that were I mean not quite like this I guess I mean I don't think is but so Rafael Devers, Sander Bogarts, and Martinez, and Verdugo, yeah. all of their numbers like the Bogarts ones are a bit higher than you'd say is like 
probably yeah. where you'd put his ceiling. But Devers, Martinez, and Verdugo, like they're not silly. No, and, and with and that, you've also got Renfro well, underperforming. Yeah, I mean Devers and Verdugo were both like highly rated prospects as well. Like they have the pedigree, um, and they're still young, so it's like. And Devers maybe, was awesome maybe, a couple of years ago. Yeah, maybe this is just like a breakout year for them. Again, I mean, I guess Devers sort of had a breakout. Like you said, he, had a, he was really good a couple of years ago. But it's, yeah, maybe it is just a breakout year for those guys. And J.D. Martinez, obviously, well, we know a couple of years ago has, was absolutely amazing. And it's basically, he was bad in the short well, season. And maybe, yeah. He, maybe, had, he, he had two ridiculous, 2017 and 2018, and then you look at his numbers now and think they look stupid. There's no way he'll be that good for a whole year. And actually, that's the same as what he did in 2018 and worse than what he did in 2017. Yeah, so... I maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe he's just still good. I mean, it seems like maybe he's just still good. To be honest, I, I, saw, I mean, I saw Ford, you know, he just wasn't going to be that good again, but... He's 33 as well, which for a DH is not old at all. Yeah, and, like, he's, one, and he's one of these guys that... Um, I mean, he broke through like properly. I mean, he was good for a while, but wasn't like amazing until he was quite late, either, was he? No. He was about thirty. So uh, yeah, I mean, that could probably just continue as well, like that offense, that offensive production. Um, and our, but... their pitching's relatively interesting as well. I mean, they've got these. They've got guys with upside, haven't they, in their rotation? Um, or guys yeah. who've been good in the past, which is kind of like a yeah, flashback upside sort of thing, I don't know. Um, guys who you know have the potential to be average or above average, whereas there are some other teams we've seen who've just like, they've just thrown out a rotation where it's like there are some guys there you know are not going to be good. Yeah, it's and like it, the, just the Red Sox don't have that. They don't have yeah. guys pitching every fifth day that it's just like yes this is going to be a bad day um i'd yeah i'd say a couple of years ago giants had players like that in their rotation like at the back end that it's like i mean although i know you like to think oh maybe they can you know they can be good but then in reality it's like yeah that what they're like it's like a 26 27 year old that's just been a career minor leaguer never really struck out many people in the minor leagues you know hasn't been particularly like amazing it wasn't a wasn't like high draft pick you know they don't have any they don't really have that pedigree and it's like yeah they're just they're now just in the main league rotation not really for any particular reason of them being really good in the minors like they were just okay in the minors and yeah it's like yeah if, if they're even if they get have managed to have a couple of good starts it's like if they start being bad it's like yeah that's sort of what you should expect uh, yeah, you know. yeah, I agree. And basically, having any of those guys in your rotation is a problem, because um, <laughs> cause, yeah, there's a good chance you're just like almost giving up a game every fourth or fifth day, or however it works out. Um, and that that division now looks like it should be the Yankees have got rolling a little bit, and like Kluber suddenly has got down to a three ERA. Um, they are they're looking like dangerous again which is also not surprising because just for the fact is the yankees and when they lose a series like the whole of the internet seems to collapse and the new york media wants people like shot or whatever they just go crazy 
And like, and you look at that record, and it's like, yeah, it was quite bad after two weeks or something, wasn't it? And it's all a bit over the top. Um, they'll, yeah. they'll probably still win the division. Like, they're obviously the favourites, and they're like just behind the Red Sox now. But yeah. yeah, I think the Red Sox are playing well enough to believe they can be competitive. Yeah, and I, I think as much as anything, when you have a couple of teams like that that you didn't expect to be good. Um, then start to be good. It's sort of like you know. Um, it just makes it feel like there could be more of a competition in those divisions later in the year as well. Um, yeah, well, yeah. it also just gives interesting storylines, doesn't it? It's like yeah. the the big bad team from New York cruising with the division is not is yeah. not very interesting, I'm afraid. It's um, sort of what I expected, to be honest. And as much as the Padres Dodgers thing is exciting when they play each other, those two being miles clear and fighting for the division, but then it's like if they don't win the division, one of them's definitely got the wild card. If the Giants are just hanging around, that spices that up a little bit, doesn't it? Is that then then there is some jeopardy for them. I know being in the wild card game, they would both want to avoid it, but it does kind of give an insurance policy if they're fighting for the division. And as some projections seem to have them both winning like a hundred games. Um, and yeah, the NL East is also relatively interesting because the Mets are, again, incredible fanfare and panic whenever they lose one game out of 162, which does get slightly tedious, I must admit. Um, yeah. But they're they're getting like good pitching from their guys that are sort of back end, like Taiwan Walker pitching really well. Um, no Carrasco, Syndergaard, or Degrom right now in their top of the division pretty impressive yeah which which is different i think from the past where i mean i don't know it feels like a bit at points of the mets where they've had like a couple of really really good stars like Cy Young contenders and they've just they've just not had a back end or any rotation depth like which i think has really hurt them before i mean as well as the good guys then getting injured like center guard being injured all the time and stuff but then, you know, I don't know, they're just like, just not able to have like a solid like fourth and fifth starter that that can get them any wins at all. Yeah, Stroman and Walk have been awesome. Um, yeah. And the amazing thing with them, you know, we're saying about teams like glaring under or over performance that you think, well, that's going to change. The Mets have got that in a good way. Is they're top of their division and by OPS plus, which is... Obviously not the perfect way to measure it, but still, the following hitters are below league average. James McCann, by a mile. Jeff McNeil, only just. Francisco Lindor. Jonathan yeah. VR, okay, 96 OPS+, plus, probably around where you'd expect. And Dominic Smith and Kevin PR, who's around where you'd probably expect, 93 OPS+. Plus. But like, they've just got like massive underperformance all the way through their offense and their top of the division. That is like, that's good news. That's not bad news. You see, this, yeah. they get the viral tweets of the the Mets have scored one run in the last like three days or something, and it's like, well, they somehow won the game where they only got one run, and it's like, yeah. well, they only, they only lost the series two one. That's that's a good outcome in that case because they're going to start scoring runs. This offense is way better than it's shown so far. Yeah, I mean, Francisco so, Lindor is not going to be a blow average hitter. No, he's got five nine six OPS at the moment. Um, so I think. 
weirdly and it's kind of early in the season at least because if that goes into the if you're at the all-star break and it's like that then you do start to worry that it's like well what the hell's going on here because it just the sample gets too big to be like they're definitely going to recover there's sometimes just like this something's collapsed something's gone horribly wrong um but at this point i think when teams are winning games and individual numbers are bad for what you'd expect that's kind of good like being top of the division when your offense looks like that to me is like well i'm now higher on the mets than i was i think yeah but yeah because well they those games i mean they've already they're already in the bank really aren't they doesn't matter whether they were performing well or not it's like they're, they're going to start performing well at some point yes and that's that's the thing that i don't think is always how it is perceived is it's often perceived well oh they're not going to keep winning games if they're hitting like this but to me it's like well they're not going to keep hitting like this so that's not really a problem and actually winning the games is important <laughs> having won the games is what matters and then the other stuff will come yeah in a way, I suppose, with how close a lot of divisions are, it's like, unless, like you said, a 20 or 9 back is a problem. But, like, a lot of time, uh, yeah, even if they'd lost a few more games and they're, like, three or four games back, it probably doesn't really matter at this point. If they're no, not, although... If they're not hitting. Yeah. Yeah, although with like the Nationals are five and a half back and it feels like, I don't know, looking at their team so far, it looks sort of like, yeah, this is an offense with a lack of depth behind Turner and Soto. And then what's happened is it's an offense with a lack of depth behind Turner and Soto. And then it's like, well, this this almost concerns me more where I had... I mean, like, Patrick Corbin's been awful. That's not going to last. Steven Strasburg is on the injured list. I haven't even noticed that. Didn't even know that had happened. But, you know, he, he usually is on the injured <laughs> list. Um, so with them, is it's like I had these concerns about them going into the season. And then you look at them at this stage, and it's like, well, they were the concerns. Yeah. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. They're, 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 the concerns is just what's happening now. And they're not very good. Yeah, it turns yeah. out that basically not having guys like so Schwarber's been way below average which is concerning but like Stalin Castro and Josh Harrison combining to be like fine yeah okay Josh Bell's been really bad but he'll be better than that but he's just an up and down hitter yeah yeah definitely I mean I I feel like uh, we are we I mean it's it's setting up nicely to have you know, some exciting division races that were like unexpected. Um, which I guess I, maybe it's always like this at this stage of the baseball season. I don't know, but it doesn't feel like it always. Although actually, I don't. I, maybe it isn't because I think I saw a stat that um, a while ago of. Oh, like whatever day it was it might be about the start of May or something the teams that have like a share of the of the lead of their division on that date are like making the postseason over over half the time or something that's interesting it might have been like 60% of the time or something 
Maybe it's even more than that. I don't know. But anyway, yeah. So it's like actually, even at this stage of the season, that is quite significant. Yeah. Yeah, well, it is. I mean, yeah, 30-odd games out of 160 is still not much. But there's some leads that are just, yeah, they're there. Like the Angels, for instance, are six games back. Yeah. The, that, that's is, a real deficit How do the already. Angels, how do they exist? Um, um, what is what goes on with them? I mean, they've got like they're just so much talent. It seems like like ridiculously talented players, and still managed to not be good. It's so much of it, particularly for big market teams, is about finding. And this is not very exciting, but it's about finding average production. You know? Yeah. It's like so. I mean, obviously, if you've got Mike Trout, you've got a guy that's way over average, and Rendon is on the injured list, but also way over average Atani just freak stuff constantly and then Jared Walsh is just doing mental stuff too and then it's just like like the Dodgers yeah, just all they, the years they've been good they just do not have an under average player if anywhere they could, do they so if they could manage like without so the rest of players outside of like well even outside of Atani and Trout let's say they could manage it so that even with if they didn't have those players they'd be like a 500 team or like just below 500 team then those yeah. two makes them into like a yeah like a division winner basically um because they're going to be worth like 10 wins each probably do you know how many saying, but... angels are above average in ERA plus um one yeah, Shoei He's the perfect player for them because they basically seem to only be able to have like four good players on their roster at any one point. You might as well get one that does everything. Yeah. But like th these other guys that... So like, I mean, it's only... It's six starts, actually. He's got a nine ERA, Jose Quintana. Like, he struggled a bit last year. But like, that bad? Yeah, maybe that'll get better. Griffin Canning, 5.19. Andrew Heaney, 4.75. Dylan Bundy, 5.03. Um, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be very very bad if that's your rotation. Um, yeah. And there's clearly, like you said, yeah, it's, there's organisational issues basically, isn't there, with that? Yeah, I think we need to actually wrap up now. Um, but yeah, this yeah the angels are bad somehow, like always, and it, it really is like a shame, really for like. I mean, the fact that Mike Trout, and now they have Atani as well. It's like Mike Trout and Atani not playing in the postseason. I mean, maybe they'll turn it around, but not even being in the race for the postseason though is yeah. what it threatens to be again here. Yeah. But anyway, um, everyone, uh, check out the the website and um, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or. Uh, probably anywhere else you find them um, and I'll uh, speak to you next time yeah goodbye bye